Okay. And away we go. Welcome to the first ever episode of Into the Van. I'm Mike West and I'm so excited to be getting this journey underway. I'm an old country troubadour. I hate that word troubadour. I'm an old country singer and I'm best described as not country enough, not blues enough, not folk enough, too heavy. I get to weave in and out of these genres from punk and metal festivals to country gigs to folk shows and I'm that has lent itself to me being able to sit down and talk with so many amazing musicians from all these different genres that I thought it was a crime to not record them and create a podcast but outside of musicians I'm going to be sitting down with poets, comedians, artists, writers and anyone who's driven and passionate about what they do so that can be people who set up independent businesses, people who go from different careers and it's just a way to be inspired that's why I want this podcast to be I want you to be able to take away the passion and interest in topics and things that we talk about that help them get started and you can apply it to yourselves that's what I'd love to see and I'm going to take things away from this as well because I love the more I can talk to passionate people the more passionate I get and it just it can lead to anything you want to do part of the reason I did this podcast was talking to other people and a lot of people say I want to start a podcast do it there's nothing stopping anyone now in this day and age from doing what they want to do in a creative field as long as you can carve the time out. It's yours, basically. With this podcast, it is called Into the Van because it is recorded out the back of my Mazda Bongo. I've got a little camper van I tour UK and Europe with and it's super comfy, it's super intimate, it's a great place to record a podcast. And I wanted to record somewhere outside and a bit different because you can hear the rain, you can hear the weather, you can hear the wind, you can hear the traffic driving past, you can hear police sirens normally when you're recording around my neck of the woods. And it's just, it gives it a weight and a real world feel to it that I wanted. So it's not in a studio, it's not in a house, it's literally out the back of my van. And I think it pays off immeasurably. And I really hope you enjoy it. This is a completely new venture for me. I'm pulling in a lot of favors to get artists and people onto this and people I've always respected and I've always talked with but I've never sat down and recorded anything before and this is a great memento for me to sit down with these people I know and respect and have a conversation and a chat and see where it goes and ask them the questions that I've always wanted to from songwriting processes to booking tours to working with labels to making festivals and I've also been sitting down with venues and promoters so if you're a creative person you want to know how this industry works I'm definitely going to be diving into that as well I'm so excited to be doing this it's going to be such a fun thing to do and the first guest is a fucking doozy I'm so excited to be getting this done but let's get the boring stuff out the way well not the boring stuff the necessary stuff who this podcast is brought to you by and it's not Squarespace it's not any major promoters or sponsors or anything like that this episode today is brought to you by me Mike West I am an independent musician and I am bringing out a brand new record called The Next Life I've been working on this record for two years I'm so excited to get it out there and pre-orders opened on March 20th this episode's coming out March 24th, so pre-orders are now open for my record. I'm going to drop some music so you can listen to it and see what you guys think before you go ahead and make a decision. Hopefully you'll dig it. But yeah, this is what I'm doing as an extra thing to the music because I love just everything creative and I just want to be able to do more 
and see more and talk to more people and create things that people will enjoy. That's the main thing musicians and artists do is want to create something that people will enjoy. So the Next Life record is out for pre-order. I don't know when it's going to be physically released as the pre-orders will help pay for the physical production and mastering of the thing. But I'm going to drop some music now for you to listen to. you digged it now on to the main course the main event this episode is with the incredible sean james he's an american artist who is just fucking killing it i've been a fan of his for years and i was lucky enough to tour with him on his first uk tour in 2017 and that was insane within itself because i was a huge fan of this guy's sorry he was coming to the uk and i sent out so many emails because he put up where he was going to be, who his booker was with an email address, and if he wanted to book more shows, get in touch. So I took that email, which was from Christian, who still books his shows now. He's a great guy. And I pestered him and pestered him and pestered him until they were like, do you want to do the lead show? Of course. Took the lead show, went down. They added on three more dates with me, which, again, I can't thank them enough for. I wouldn't be where I am without Sean and Christian's help. And I wouldn't be doing this podcast either because Sean, once again, has a, done me a huge favor and is the first guest of Into the Van. This was recorded just before his sold-out Birmingham show on Friday the 13th of March. And I really love this chat. I'm super interested in his perspective on covers and the music industry and how he himself is an artist does things and navigates this modern world i think we had a really good chat i hope you really enjoy it and yeah let's give it a listen now for the first ever episode of into the van with mike west and our first guest sean james welcome to into the van with me Mike West. Go! Good to go, get comfy. I don't know how long I've got you for before. This. I mean, I'd say about 30 minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever's comfy. Yeah. You know, cool. We just gotta get dinner and all that, but doors yeah. aren't until 7.30, so it's easy enough. So, uh, how's the tour been going? So it's far. solid, man. Yeah. I can't complain about nothing, honestly. Because this show is sold out, isn't it? This one is, yeah. Which... Last time we were in Birmingham, I think we had 60 people. Yeah, because so I remember in 2017, it was the Hammer and Anvil. And That's like right. Yeah, yeah. The Iron to... Maiden theme. Yeah, <laughs> 30 to 50 people there. Yeah. So it just makes me so happy to see like you sell out a Birmingham show yeah. three years later. It's, it's such a... 
you know, we've we've been fortunate enough to have it. It's a slow grow, but it mm. is growing, so it, yeah. it gives you hope, you know. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I was talking to him. I feel so bad. Last time I saw Christine was at the Amigo show in Stoke. Right. I was fucking so sick. That, really? That, that day, man. Like, I don't know what happened. Finished work and stuff. Drove up on a half day. And I just wasn't feeling good on the right. way there. Pulled up and threw up. As Th- soon as he saw you? No, I th- like, as soon as I pulled up to the venue before yeah. he showed up. It was that bad. I had to reverse back to get out the car. Holy shit. So I, I was just shaking for the entire time. So I haven't, like, been able to see Christian properly and stuff. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, he said he saw you over yeah. in Bridgestone, well, right? Yeah, um... Or it was... Co- the Cobblestones, Bridgewater. Yeah. That's right. But, um... <laughs> we were talking about musicians, and it seems that... I've been trying to work this thought in my head where musicians age like dogs. Where the amount of time you put into it is actually more. Mm-hmm. So it's like our dogs age like every seven years. It's right. musicians. It's not until you really get to your seventh, eighth year that you kind of find your footing. Mm-hmm. And it's a really weird like thing, I think, because a lot of people will grind out for a year or two. And then they get tired of it. And get tired out. of it, but yeah. it's really like five, It's a long six. game, man. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, for me, with the Last of Us thing, that happened in the end of 2016, almost 2017. And by that point, I had been doing touring since 2013 so about four years Mm. and then that kind of i feel like cut the time in half yeah because it exposed me on a major way and then it just helped to get there but yeah i think a lot of musicians don't realize or they have this mentality that kind of like the voice or american Mm. idol where they want to get rich quick or you know get famous quick but you're kind of missing out on a lot of the um adventure yeah, yeah the, definitely it's shitty sometimes but it's also <laughs> the way it is yeah man, you I've know been, what i'm saying yeah i've been doing this four years this mm-hmm. september and i know i'm halfway to where it'll be yeah where i'll start to notice anything really it's just a complete or not a grind yeah it really is and you know i think i i think i i not, i wouldn't say i burned myself out but i went really hard for the first few years to the point where i just tired all mm-hmm. the time you know and i think it's it's finding that healthy balance yeah. in between everything but, you know, a, a lot of times it's hard because I had to work a regular job while doing that, mm. trying to find something to where I could take off time, you yeah. know. So it's, it is it is a grind in a way. Yeah. You know, How far into it was it when you did start doing music full-time, when you quit like a full like an actual job um, or a real job? <clears throat> I'd say, you know, it was when I discovered that I could busk and make money. Mm. So I was writing some of the tunes in 2011, 2010, 11, but I didn't release the first album until 2012. And it was uh, in 2013 that I quit everything. So mm. about a year. Yeah. But it was really because I discovered that I could busk. And Where make, were you? I was in Fayetteville, oh. Arkansas. Yeah. And it was there that like there was you know we we lived downtown. It was really cheap cost of rent too, mm. and uh, college town. So it just it seemed center of the U.S. It seemed mm. a smart move to. Uh, base myself there at the time. Plus, I had a bunch of friends. Yeah. But yeah, it was really when I when I discovered I was working forty hours a week before, <clears throat> you know, unloading semi trucks from four in the morning till about noon. Mm. And you know, it was hard work, and I hated it at times. But um, when I started busking, I quickly realized, like, what the hell have you been doing? <laughs> this was always an option, and you yeah. can make <laughs> you can work like a third of the time, a half of the time, and just you know make as much it just blew my mind so that was that was a big revelation for me and it enabled me to really start putting time and focus into this you know that's crazy man because i think people worry about having a job and 
being sustainable it's more of a working smart not hard mentality exactly because if you're pouring yourself into a 40 hour job you aren't gonna you're not gonna have the energy or the time or the focus you know you kind of you gotta have time to relax a bit and not feel burnt out but yeah yeah it's it's a challenge you know Mm. so interesting man it's hard because everyone always bends out before they can do the creative thing but if they just took a step back and realized they could probably drop a day yeah or like half a day and then put that into it yeah see that's what i like with this touring that we've been doing i used to tour every day you know a 45 day tour 44 45 shows but now we're getting to a point where i've I've realized you know i'm healthier my vocals are Mm -hmm. in better shape i'm not wearing them out so now we're doing five days on two days off a week Mm -hmm. but that's just wasn't feasible back in the day you know when you're making just enough to cover your gas and maybe buy some food for everybody it's it's you know can be tough yeah. So, the first tour, 2017 was your first UK tour. Yeah, it? absolutely. So that was you solo, and then it was you came, did a short run with the Shapeshifters. Yep. After that same year, at the end of the year, we spent like five, six months in Europe and the UK <laughs> that year. It was, it was yeah. crazy looking back, to be honest. Yeah. And how do you think Europe and British crowds are compared to back home in the states? Um, you know, I've 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 been asked this a few times, and it's always the same. I just feel like in the states we're a little bit jaded. Mm. Um, you know, there's music all the time and not that there's not here, but I think, uh, over in UK and Europe, they just appreciate it more mm. because, um, you're crossing an ocean and yeah. you're coming from so far away and maybe they don't get that type of music all the time. Yeah. Like they'll get local musicians and people in their towns and, and this and that. But I just think they, they hold it more dearly and kind yeah. of appreciate it a little bit more. I think the further you go <laughs> afield, the more people appreciate you making the effort to come out. And it makes it makes perfect sense. That's yeah. the way it should be kind of when you think about yeah. it, you know, like Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's it. And um you know it's it's funny, but the US is now just starting to catch up to mm. the energy that I've felt in Europe for really? years. Yeah, and now it's just now after so many years of touring, I feel like people are starting to get it more. And I don't know, it's it's yeah. it's hard to put a uh, put a specific uh, yeah. answer on it, honestly. Yeah. But but yeah, I definitely think UK and Europe they just uh, they come out mm. harder and mm. they they go a little wilder yeah. because it's a unique and you know you're only there a month or two, so they gotta yeah, make you gotta make it count before exactly. you disappear again for a bit. Exactly. With so the solo, you're a trio on this tour, are you? This tour with trio, yeah. How like because you've done a full band as well last year. What do you like? What's been your thinking or reasoning behind doing the different? Um, you know, it's a lot of times I use what I have, <clears throat> and sometimes life happens, and you might lose a person because their job just won't do it. Or um, they have a baby. That happened once. Uh, you know, so life happens. And I would love to have a five, six, seven piece band with backup singers and horns and all this stuff. But the reality of it is, is the expense. Yeah. So that's kind of, it's finding this balance and this middle ground between uh, the expense of it and then trying to fill out the sound as mm. much as you can within your means. And that unfortunately is the reality of it yeah you know so um but it it also is kind of exciting and fun because you get to recreate songs over and over again and reinterpret them to who you have Mm. the skill of the player and also the layers you have in the moment like this set is one of my favorites with the three piece because it's it's uh you know it kind of it starts off 
just me solo and then it escalates to me in the bass and then the drums come in and we do like the more tame ones and at the end it's just balls to the nice. wall you know did you ever watch <clears throat> was it talking heads where he kind of did that where it was david Byrne on stage first singing and then the acoustic and then the bass and then he just built up the full yeah band, the entire thing i think from your first all that seems like it's a more of a drawn out process but it's a really yeah i think emboldening way to do it and it gives the audience something exactly to... you know i was last year what i did was we did we came out swinging with the band and then i'd take 20 to 30 minutes in the middle but um i don't know it just felt a little lackluster like mm. the energy wasn't increasing the whole time and then i think people also saw it as a chance to take a smoke break or a drink break so with this i kind of feel it's just unending building on top of each nice. other till you get to the end and it's the climax <laughs> you know so uh yeah i'm really enjoying it and it's the i think it's the punchiest but also tightest uh kind of setup we've had mm. just because it's only three people and it's you know drums bass guitar mm. so it's just tight yeah. punchy in the pocket and we've reworked songs to kind of fit that yeah so I've, I've been having a blast with yeah, man. it's I a think, shame to can't go on for the rest of this tour yeah. but. but I think people underestimate how powerful a three piece can be like Absolutely. I saw um, Grand Magus the other week in Manchester yeah and they're a three piece and that was the loudest band I'd seen outside of Motorhead <laughs> and it was like my dad who we go to shows all the time together he never wears earplugs he never does anything like that and even look, he looked at me and went shit and it was just purely a trio and I think that's a really fun dynamic to play with because it's not used as much as it, I think it should be or it could be yeah there's just there's something about it to where you have the ne the necessary layers for rhythm for low end and then you get your top end guitar and mm. it's the simplest not the simplest but as a band I think it's the simplest but if you really hone it in and style it mm. you know around what you have it can be the strongest for yeah. sure cool man I saw him a video of doing Like a Stone in this set yes sir yeah that sounds good was there a reason behind picking that <clears throat> song or is it just you know I I've always really really liked that song and lyrically what he's talking about mm. in it kind of uh, sadly relates to what happened with mm. his death his untimely death and all that and you know I've been I've had that song in my pocket ever since he died mm. but I, I didn't want to put it out there because I felt I don't know if disrespectful is the right word that's the wrong word it felt a little um, like I was I, if I released it right after I might have been like capitalizing yeah. on it happening and it felt a little icky and yeah. weird so I just waited yeah. and, I, and this tour and this year it's been long enough and I was like alright it's time you know and I've had people request a Cornell song forever mm. you know and I was like alright but yeah I chose that one because I like I, I, he did acoustic versions mm. of it himself, which I loved, and I thought that I could take it and kind of, you know, like I always do with my covers, pay respect to the way it was, and then also add my little yeah. twist to it. That so. is the thing, man. I think with your stuff, especially when you do a cover, you completely take your own, because I've fucked around with Like a Stone, mm -hmm. and I could never find the angle to make it mine or to make it yeah. get a hold. And then I heard your version was like, fuck, I'm never yeah. touching that one. Well, now. man, it's. <laughs> it, I don't think... Honestly, I didn't really go too far from his no. version acoustically, mm. but I think it's just a, a different type of intensity and energy I can put into it. Yeah. And you know, he had his own thing, and yeah. that's the best it will ever be is the mm. original, you know. Yeah. But I just felt it was time to pay some respect, and yeah. you know, because he's one of the best male vocalists there was, you know. So. Insane. I did a similar thing, I've been fucking around with the cover of Numb by mm. Linkin Park just yeah. because they're so entwined together now, Chris yeah. and 
Chester is just a heartbreaking thing. But again, it's when do you play it and when That's, do you leave the space you know, I, for it? it and I'm not trying to talk shit on other people, but I saw so many people jumping on this bandwagon of, oh, it's popular right now almost. Or, mm. I'm going to get a lot of hits off this because mm. it's in the media right now. Yeah. And that's what exactly turned me off. I was like, that just felt wrong. So mm. that's why I took some time and just, you know, yeah. did it that way. But yeah, I'm happy with it. And we're going to do, everybody's been asking me, are you doing a recording of it? Yeah, I just, I think I want to do it because I just moved to Seattle mm. in the U.S., and that's, I believe, where he's from. So I want to maybe find a beautiful place out there that's affiliated with Seattle yeah. that people know and do it maybe out in the woods somewhere in a cave or mm. something. I'm going to take my time with that yeah. one. You know, I get I get requests for covers all the time, and I'm never offended or anything. I love it, but I feel like there's a fine line between being known for just doing mm. covers and then originals. Yeah. So I wanted, I like to space them out yeah. and not just put a whole ton of them out there you know yeah i've been kind of vehemently against playing covers in my sets just mm -hmm. because because i'm still doing pub gigs like two 45 minute sets and it's sure. mostly originals i do three covers and people come up to that and i just shoot them down straight away yeah and that's kind of put trepidation and then doing other covers but with the actual covers themselves do you have issues with the rights and things like that how do you get around or how do you deal with getting the rights to the certain songs and things um, that, like for the shapeshifters album right. like you did a full covers was that a difficult task to get the rights to those songs not really there's an agency i don't know how it is in the uk and mm. in europe but uh harry fox agency is the one that you go through in the u.s and uh they make it really simple you know you have to do your research so you have to find out who the publisher is that's the biggest thing who wrote it all the information's correct and then you go over there and you kind of prepay for what mm. you think the streams may be or the downloads or physical copies get a little tricky and that's why we never physically pressed mm. uh, the covers album from the shapeshifters but yeah man it's I don't know I feel like it's such a gray area because yeah. anyone is allowed to technically release a cover after it's after a song is released you don't necessarily need permission you know, anyone can go on YouTube and put a cover mm. up. The permission wasn't necessary. It's when you get to the point where you're making money off yeah. of it that, you know, you may get a knock on the door from the government or some agency being like, hey, we want our cut. Yeah. So that's really what people have to look out for. Anyone can do the cover, but as soon as you start making money off it, that's when it gets tricky. Yeah. That's usually because I'm looking at doing Rainbow in the Dark. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's like I've got a bookmark to do my research on things like that, and it always seems like it's a tricky one to do. It I think there are be. some UK agencies for it. Yeah, you know, and it's really only if you want to sell it. Like mm. I said, you could put it up on YouTube, and that's why they have those algorithms. They'll go ahead and market, and you, you know, you won't earn ad revenue off it'll go to them but you can still do the yeah. cover spotify other things like that that's where you got to be careful yeah, if you're when, releasing it yeah. on the streams yeah it's crazy man it's just a weird time for music now and with you released the first three records independently mm -hmm. and then with the dark and the light it was through a label what made you switch you know i wanted to uh, I, I wanted to try and see what it would be like to work with a team mm. And I've done it my way independently for so long that I knew that I could always go back to that. Yeah. But if I didn't try, the, it's an independent label, first and foremost. And that's kind of what, in the end, attracted me to it because it just made sense. Mm. Uh, I didn't want to go major or anything like that. And they were able, you know, I maintained creative control and all this. And the decisions are made as a team and not mm. just what they say goes. Um, but yeah, you know, if I wouldn't have tried it, 
And if I didn't try it, I would have always yeah. wondered what if. Because I know what it's like to be independent. I love it. Mm. You know, who knows? I may go back to that in the future. It may not. I don't know. But this was, uh, it was a learning it was a learning game, really, and I wanted to see what it was like to work with a label, learn some things, see what that world was like, and yeah, it has it 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 hasn't really had any negatives, but mm. there are ups and downs to all of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, I'm glad I did it mm. in the end, and uh, I think I've got one more to do with parts and labor, and I'm really excited about it. But you know, I don't know what's gonna happen yeah. after that. Kind of playing it by ear. It's yeah. kind of how it's always been. Say, so, but I think that is when you find someone that's a good fit because I know there's a lot of things that I've seen in the UK that are just taking advantage of people and they call themselves yeah. a label Yeah. like I saw a thing the other day where they were trying to do releasing an album at the same time as they're doing graphic design and the graphic design demos they put up were literally just you know Canva the website it's what just, is it? Canva it's just I don't like, know, no. it's just a little you can do it through like Instagram posts it's like a mini market and things so it's okay. got a ton of different stuff and I literally looked at the stuff they'd made I made it in five minutes in Canva. I was like, you better not be fucking charging anyone any amount of money to do this shit. Yeah. But I think it preys on independent artists who haven't run the ringer like yourself, who are just, they don't know what to do. Well, yeah, and it's, I think it's a lot of times in the beginning too, mm. when you're kind of desperate for either exposure or whatever, and you're just trying to get yourself out there. Like for the first three, four years of me releasing music, I released through Bandcamp, and um, you know it was a pay what you want. If you didn't have anything, well, put zero in there and maybe spread the word, mm. help out. So I understand that aspect, but it's you got to know the line of where to, you know, yeah. if your work is actually being appreciated, yeah. and you have and to know your own value and when to your own value is exactly it. There you go, yeah, man. An interesting time for independent musicians, especially with... It's a new area yeah. for everyone. Even the majors, mm. the major labels, you know, they still have control over stuff, but they don't know what's going to happen, no. you know? So it's it's a new it's a new time and a new age, but it's also exciting because, you know, artists have the most capabilities mm. and abilities than they've ever had yeah, to it's, release. It's really music. leveled the playing field against like yes. the independent guy in his bedroom and the major people. They've all got basically the same tools at their disposal. It's been a really interesting thing to see. Absolutely. Sing. And it's only you know, I'm I'm I don't even know what's to come next, you know, yeah. we'll see. I know there's more. <laughs> yeah. Are you on TikTok yet? Uh no, I'm not <laughs> I mean some of the music I think I've released it on it, but I've I've seen some funny things on it. Yeah. But I haven't messed with it, no. no I've I've put my music onto it through my distributor. I haven't downloaded it or anything yet. I, I even I think I'm too old for it. <laughs> it just what is it is it kinda like lip syncing to songs it's, or it, is it I think it's like if Instagram and Snapchat had a baby. So it's like fifty. Is it like seconds. Vine kind of? Yeah, so I it's like a new so. Vine okay. type deal. Okay. I've been because I've just before you came down from Soundcheck, I was looking at an article through Ditto Music about TikToks, and I was like, I don't think I have the time or energy to fuck with a new thing. That's another thing, you know, when you're touring full time and you're already on these other things, it's adding a whole nother. I don't want. I don't know if I want to call it workload, but yeah, it's just I, I tend to go towards the main ones and try to reach how I've been and see how it goes mm. but yeah, I'm not opposed to it it's just I like to wait and see what happens yeah. and then you know if it's if it's alright then let's go for yeah, it because it was an app that came out last year that 
didn't. What was it called again? Because I remember I you signed up to it. I did. I signed up to well, it. Everyone, the industry in general was like freaking out over this thing. And it was probably <laughs> marketing and publicity. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Let's try yeah, it give out. give it a shot. And then I was What like, was it called? I don't even I, remember. I, I, remember. I remember like after, after a week or two, I was like, oh, this, this isn't going to go anywhere for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. But yeah, I did try that one. And yeah. then it seemed like a wasted effort, yeah. you know? Because so. when a new platform comes out, you kind of think if you're one of the first people to capitalize on it, you're ahead of the curve and you might be able to connect right. with some people. Right. But then it's how many of these apps do you clog up your phone with down the line? Exactly. I can't even remember the exactly. name of it. They're, like they're making apps to release, you know, to connect to all the different social apps. And you make one post and it sends it to all because there's so many these days. Yeah, you know? I use an beat chain for that, which okay. is good and it tracks your posts. And yeah, yeah, I haven't done it yet, but I, yeah. I notice it yeah. and I'm like, mm, it may be yeah. easier for me. Like I can queue up a month's worth of posts and then leave it. That's know. beautiful. And that's, that's a really beautiful. helpful thing. But then it shows like what did well. And it'll be all the music. Also, oh, to get you the stats and everything. Yeah. Well. And it's like all the music posts do shit. And then I put a picture up saying how much I love my girlfriend on her birthday. You know, and I've noticed this. <laughs> I've noticed this. I'll have a, a new song released or something. And it's all right. And then, you know, a picture of me and my dog. And yeah. it's like, boom, it's the biggest one I've released <laughs> this year. I think it's because people want to connect and see you yeah. as a normal person. Mm. And, uh, you know, see your day to day. Because a lot of times artists don't present themselves yeah. that way they, they only want to show what they want to be seen as mm. and I you know I'm guilty of that at times and stuff but I find when when we open up a little bit and let them in and just mm. see a little bit of the day-to-day -day or like a stupid post or this and that they really respond warmly yeah. to it because it you know you're yeah. just another human being I think it lends day. itself especially to like our type of music because we're not kiss we're not the fiber yeah make up people so it's like people like you and Danny like Amigo the devil the mm -hmm. more you just like show like how yeah. vulnerable and human you are it seems engaging and you your know what, fans are really good at like I receiving was, that yeah I was horrible in the first few years about talking to people mm. and then I started the more I did it the more the better it got and I noticed the energy of the shows got better because I was relating to them more mm. it wasn't that the music was any worse or better it was just the fact that I was connecting to them on a human level yeah. and just speaking directly to them and you know ever since I've never stopped doing it because it's it's something that just feeds the shows and makes you more genuine yep. than just you know getting up there play the song and be done yeah you know definitely the thing like the middle part of speaking and stuff's really important i've been gauging my way behind it because i'm like sarcastic as a person anyway. yeah yeah so i try and put that through but it's also after seeing you and me the devil and things it's trying to give a bit more so on the last few shows i've been a bit more honest mm -hmm. and the response has already been noticeable it's been really weird yeah and it's it's so uncomfortable at first. Mm. It's like the most uncomfortable thing, and you feel uh, I felt awkward and just weird. And am I am I you know phrasing these things right? Am I looking like an idiot? I'd hear recordings of it back, and I'd be like, oh, I hate it. But it's undeniable what you feel when you're mm. on the stage when you get that connection. Yeah. You know, and there's no replacing it. I don't care how good you are or whatever. Like relating on that basic human level and just connecting is yeah. the biggest thing. Will make the show ten times better. Yeah, like, you know. it's it's a crazy thing that you don't really take for value that people just want to connect with you, which sounds like you wouldn't not know that as a musician because that's what you right. do at a base level is connect with people through music. But right. they want to connect to you and your yeah. music. It's a really weird. They don't want well. What I've noticed, they don't want uh, uh, an image or a uh, a front when mm. you're on the stage. Like a lot of people, you know, you know, I may dress up and wear a suit on the stage you know what I mean but that doesn't take away from 
the the, the connection and, yeah. and being real and and it's a huge huge thing you know one of my pet peeves is I guess you know every musician is different but one of my pet peeves personally is when you can tell the person is staging a persona yeah. on stage and when they get off it's like they're a whole nother mm. being yeah. I'm like oh that's essentially fake yeah you know and not not talking shit it's just personally I, I kind of get a bad taste in my mouth when I see that especially for like the younger actors and I think it's done partly through being scared or nervous about it that too yeah and they just you know I get it it's scary yeah. it's it's weird but exposing yourself to it and doing it is the only thing that's going to make it more comfy yeah. and you'll get better at it you know you learn how to talk to people better you know how to make them laugh or mm. it's it's glorious once you get used to it and you find yourself able to enjoy yeah. what you once hated mm. like about performance you know yeah. so like with so when are you going to be releasing i know you're doing like a stone mm -hmm. new record coming for parts and labor is there a that in the pipeline is there a i'm writing it right now um i've been touring so much that you know when i get off the road i i don't want to focus on yeah. music it's like you just kind of want to balance back out enjoy mm -hmm. family and i don't know it's uh I'm, I'm i wouldn't say i'm struggling with it but it's i'm still finding that fine line and balance between you know devoting all of my time to music mm. because i find that the less time i devote to it and the more time i give myself to just be the better the songs yeah. come well you get to recharge and exactly it's, yeah. so yeah we're i have an ep coming out um that I believe will be sometime around the end of May. Uh, there's a new song on there and a remade older one mm. um, with Parts and Labor because it was just, we just felt that it was time to really give this recording its uh, due diligence yeah. with, with the quality. Mm. You know, because back in the day I was recording in my bedroom, you know, with yeah. uh, one mic. And it, it's amazing. You capture a certain energy through that. But at the same time, so yeah, that's coming out, I think, at the end of May. And then, you know, I'll be releasing videos and yeah. covers and stuff kind of as I feel yeah. fit as we go. You know, my wife is getting um, better better videography and all that stuff. So now I have this inclusive thing mm. to where if we feel inspired, let's just do it. Yeah. Which Sick is one. beautiful. Yeah. You know, before I had to hire or just, you know, arrange something and be super prepped for it. But now it's kind of in the moment. Yeah. So that's also fun. That's the nice thing, man, because I've got um, Sony Vegas on my computer. And I just literally use my phone and take like four different videos of different yeah. angles and yeah. edit it together for a That's night. the other thing. Technology is making it easier yeah, and easier to 100%. pull these things off that yeah. you could not back in the day without a professional in their field. Yeah. You know? It's beautiful. Yeah, cool, man. And moving up to Seattle, what was the reason behind that just to get away and... You know, we Relax. we've I've always been attracted to that area mm -hmm. with the natural beauty and because that's the Pacific North Pacific Northwest, yeah. yeah. So it's a lot like Scotland and mm. England and the UK. Like it's rainy a lot. It's very cloudy. It's a lot of people call it depressing, but I find it beautiful. Yeah, I find it romantic in a way, mm. and um, I find it inspirational. Mm. So you know, we've always kind of known that we would end up there someday, mm. and always wanted it, but. I don't know. I was living in L.A., and I've, I've had a great time in L.A., but I hated the day-to-day -day existence of mm. L.A. Just to get anywhere, to do this, to do that, it took forever, you know? I love the nightlife and all the shows and all the act activities and the opportunities, yeah. but just to go to the grocery store was a hassle. To go, you know what I mean? Yeah. And little stuff like that. So we kind of got burnt out on it pretty quick. Mm. I was there about a year and a half. And then we toured for a year last year, 
And we were like, well, we're not going to live anywhere because it doesn't make sense to pay rent when you're never yeah. home. And then at the end of this year, you know, my wife, um, she had some troubles with uh, her health, but she had surgery and she's doing better. Mm. So we kind of came to the conclusion that, okay, we need a home base, yeah. you know, just to you know, kind of, I, I hadn't lived anywhere before LA for like two or three years. Mm. So we had that adventure and that thing. And now we kind of craved the nest. Yeah. Nice, man. So we just honestly was on a whim. After yeah. that last tour, I was like, you want to move here? Like, let's just... <laughs> so I had I had storage units in L.A., Arkansas, and Chicago. And we had, after the tour in Seattle, the last date was in Seattle, I drove all the way to L.A., all the way to Arkansas, back to Chicago, and then looped all the way back around to Seattle. I was like, this was the worst way we could have done this. But <laughs> it was an adventure, yeah. yeah. I always get excited just because I'm a huge... Like, obviously, like, Seattle's, like, grunge and things. Yeah. But Mount Rainier's near there. It's gorgeous, it? man. That's the thing I love about it. So we were going to move to Colorado, to mm. the Denver-Fort Collins yeah. area. But when I thought about it, you're not actually in the mountains. You're not... You have to do a day trip to get there and then come back. Mm. Versus someplace like Seattle, what I loved about it is even in the middle of the city, you're surrounded. You can see the bay. You can yeah. see the mountains in the distance. So it's it's extremely inspirational for me. Yeah, so nice it's... Fun. I love it. Yeah, and that's where uh, Harry and the Henderson's Bigfoot was found as well. Back in the day. Holy shit. I haven't thought about that in forever. <laughs> <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, whenever, I used to watch Whenever that. I see Mount Rainier, I'm like, that's where Harry's from. That's hilarious, <laughs> man. I have not thought about that yeah. in a minute. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I don't want to keep you too much. We're getting up to the half hour mark. All good, man. If you yeah. got another few, it's all yeah, good. Yeah, it's all good, man. Good. Well, this is part of what I wanted to do with the podcast is because the UK gig scene's a bit weird, I wanted to still create content. And I'm lucky enough to know amazing people like yourself where... Yeah. You know, one of the things I regret about touring with you in 2017, I didn't take any pictures together or anything like that. We and didn't. I, no. So I was like, I, I, don't, I don't even remember. I mean, I don't remember the picture side, but that's, yeah. that does suck because then yeah. you lose the Yeah. I think I've got footage. one blurry picture of us outside. Newcastle. No, that's it. And then there's a few blurry ones from the back of like Leeds and that's oh, really it. What so a I was bummer because like, we had such a good time yeah, at I'm the like, end. Yeah, you know? it was so fun. And that's why I wanted to do this. So if people that I obviously know and respect I get to sit down and we've got this yeah. like hour long or whatever talk to kind of look back on as a little memento as well and I get to do it with my friends and I love it man and, you know I thought about doing something similar to this and I love your setup in the van yeah. uh, but I thought about doing this on drives yeah um, you know after a gig and then talking about the gig before or meeting someone local the, because you're right you know a lot of times as musicians you know you do the time, you travel, mm. you get to the gig, you set up, you check into the hotel, you come back, and then it's game on. Yep. And then you just repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse. And then you, you feel like you're almost missing out on experiencing the culture of the mm. place. You meet the people, which is a huge culture of the place. But a lot of times I feel like, well, you know, people are like, oh, you got to go here and do that. How was it? And I'm like, well, the venue is cool, and the hotel was rad, and yeah. the views were cool, but I don't really know. Yeah, unless I can tell a, you what bars are the best yeah. or what restaurants are awesome. Yeah, unless it was a service station, I can't tell you what it was. Exactly. Yeah. So I think this is a step in the right direction, yeah. man. Oh, if you did a uh, podcast driving from like gigs and stuff, I, think I was thinking about it in the van, just it, driving, talking with everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm debating it. Yeah, yeah. This whole setup was less than eight quid. So. That's that's the other beauty of it. Yeah. Technology is making it easier and yeah, easier. Yeah, technology man. is just. A, we just do headsets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look like Britney Spears and Sync in there. <laughs> yeah. So, with coronavirus, yeah, crippling the music industry, you've mm. got two dates left. I do, and we hopefully. just found out. We just found out this morning. Um, it, it's it's a big bummer, and you know I think people have found out 
through their local authorities telling them but I'm kind of waiting to release it because we are rescheduling yeah. and I don't want to create this upset of but ah, you know because we're coming back in the yeah. fall so we're gonna reschedule it so we're kind of I'm giving them the weekend to mm. get it all sorted and I'm gonna announce probably Monday or something but it's a bummer yeah man because I saw because I know I'm moonshine wagon and they're playing with you guys yeah. in Spain and that would be such I, I might try and make the trip to Spain if you yeah in fall Spain, honestly Spain and the Spanish folks are some of the most intense mm. fun shows that we have um, just this whole thing is a bummer you know we this was supposed to be a seven week seven week tourish and it's two nice. you know and of course i feel for the people coming down with symptoms and i for health and safety reasons i i understand yeah. and i agree it's just, but it still sucks yeah it's, it can still <laughs> suck. i mean because i know him i've got a friend who's a biomedical scientist in yeah. liverpool he works in the labs and he the second it hit the media a few weeks ago he started wearing the mask and the gloves and everyone's kind of been like, oh, should we take it seriously? And he said it to me, and I've been passing it on to people who try and not take it seriously. Mm -hmm. He said, um, you can either look like a dick and take it seriously, wear the mask, wear the gloves, wash your hands and stuff, or you can not take it seriously and kill your nan. Which exactly. is a really dramatic way to put it. But, but it's real. That's the 100% reality. Of it and also moment. people with, you know, I have a friend in Seattle who's taking this medicine that's necessary for him to live, mm. but it's lowered his immune system to nothing. Yeah. And if he catches it, there's almost a 0% chance of him living. Yeah. And when I heard, he put, made a post the other day and it kind of shook me because I hadn't thought of it like mm. that. And I was like, woof, yeah. So I get it yeah. and, and I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm upset. I understand. It's just a bummer. Yeah, that's can, all I got to say. Thing, it's, still, it's a bummer that it exists. It's, it's a bummer that's happening yeah. to people. It's a bummer for the music industry. It's a bummer all around. Yeah, you just, it's hard because you can't direct it to anyone. Yeah, you can. And it's it's just a really shit situation. It is. Boy, it's just. But at least I see it now after kind of thinking about it. We kind of had our upset moments in the van today and kind of got out all the frustrations. But. Now, when looking at it, I just see it as a delay. Yeah. Because the stuff is still happening. Mm. We're still going to do it. It's just putting a little bit of a gap yeah. and extending a tour in the fall. Yeah. You know? So it is what it is. We'll recover. Financially, it sucks right now. But it again, does. it's just a pause. Yeah. So luckily, you know, the thing that I feel for the musicians that aren't so far along mm. that maybe put so much effort and money and publicity into something that may have yeah like an album release tour yeah, or something yeah that yeah. now they're just screwed but i think i think the people will rise up and help and support yeah, it's artists. definitely a rallying call because music's kind of taken for granted especially in the grassroots level yeah and if that goes away people are really gonna fucking notice it absolutely and i think this is partly gonna shock people into being like oh shit if we don't buy a t-shirt if we don't buy the vinyl if we don't pre-order exactly these little bands aren't gonna be able to make it much longer no and Just, everybody started like that yeah so you know that's how you develop and get the Chris Cornell's and Eddie mm. Vedder's and yeah. you know all these guys you know it's it's just yeah we'll see what happens yeah. I hope that it's quickly resolved and gotten over and that we don't have to the human race doesn't have to deal with stuff like this too much yeah. more but I'm also afraid because it seems like it's gonna yeah continue you know I don't know how long it's gonna be lasting I've got an April tour that I'll 
we're considering pulling depending on how right. quarantine goes and the, if the further along it gets. Right. The hopeful part is that I've seen decrease, I guess, in countries that have had it sooner than others. Mm. So I'm hoping that people or a vaccine gets released yeah. or something. You know, I just, no one really knows right yeah, now. Yeah, it's just all It's a big here. gray area, you know? Like, it's hard to understand a lot of it, but... You know, I think we just stick by the facts we do know and try to protect each other as best we can. Yeah, boy, it's crazy, man, but we'll get a move on so we can get to sold out showing. Yes, sir. I'm so happy to uh, be seeing you again. It's it's wonderful to do this with you, Catch up, man, and let's leave it not too soon next time, but thanks so much, I really appreciate this. Yeah, thank you, man. And there you have it. That is the first episode of Into the Van done. I really hope you enjoyed it. I had a fucking blast sitting down with them and then... He just tore the stage apart on Friday night. That was a fucking killer set. Unfortunately, as we've spoken, the podcast, his tour has been cancelled and rescheduled for the end of the year. If you want to know when those dates are, if you head to seanjamesmusic.com, you'll be able to see when those dates are scheduled. And I implore you to pick up some new music and some records to support him through it this time because that's all we can do at this time with these musicians myself included is just keep supporting them online and offline as much as you can so yeah there we go guys let me know what you think i'd really appreciate if you recommended this podcast to a friend we're just getting started and i really want you along for the journey it's going to be super fun again next life the pre-orders are now open for the record so if you head to mike333west.com You can head to the Bandcamp store there. And if you dig the music, do a pre-order and I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, we're going to have the Crap Sons for that. They are a punk band from Merseyside and they are a fucking hilarious duo. I'm so excited to get this podcast underway and I really hope again. I just hope you find some value in it. So have another listen, share it with a friend. And until next time, guys, stay heavy.